Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles everywhere, to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro at the NovaCare Complex. Tuesday afternoon, it's after 4 o'clock, and that means the NFL's trade deadline has come and gone. And yes, the Eagles making a deal. They acquired cornerback Kerry Vincent Jr. from the Denver Broncos. Vincent Jr., a seventh-round pick, number 239 overall by the Broncos in the 2021 NFL Draft. He's 5'10", 185, a starter at LSU. Appeared in 39 games there, 19 starts in three seasons with that excellent football program. A sprinter on LSU's SEC champion 4x100 team in 2018 and 2019. And when the Tigers won the 2019 National Championship, he had 47 tackles, four interceptions, and nine pass breakups in 15 games with nine starts. So the Eagles clearly liking something about Vincent Jr. Enough that they sent a sixth round draft pick in 2022 to the Broncos to acquire a seventh round draft pick from 2021. It's the third deal the Eagles have made in this trade period. Of course, Philadelphia sending tight end Zach Ertz to the Arizona Cardinals. The Eagles receiving Arizona's 2022 fifth round pick, as well as rookie cornerback Tay Gowan. And then the Eagles last week sending quarterback Joe Flacco to the New York Jets. And they get back a conditional sixth round pick from the Jets. So as it stands now, the Eagles have 10 draft selections next spring. And we all know that that includes Miami's first round pick, which right now is shaping up as a top five pick, their own first round pick, and potentially the first round draft pick of the Indianapolis Colts. That pick acquired in the Carson Wentz trade. And just to remind you, should Wentz play 75% of the snaps, and he's played over 99% of the snaps now for the Colts, the Eagles would receive the Colts' first round pick. If Wentz plays 70% of the snaps and the Colts make the playoffs, the Eagles still get the Colts' first round pick. If Wentz fails to reach any of those playing milestones, the Eagles would get the Colts' second round selection. So. Either way you look at it, the Eagles are going to have four picks in the first two rounds of the 2022 NFL Draft. And they have, at this point, 10 draft picks overall. So good draft capital for the Eagles next year in a draft that shapes up to be oh so important for this football team. In this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group, we're going to talk to Nick Sirianni about the win in Detroit. Great win about the LA Chargers who come to town. And we'll get into the Chargers more later in the week with Justin Herbert. And he's a great quarterback, young quarterback with what they have on defense, Nick Bosa, Derwin James, some very talented players on that side of the ball. But for now, we want to talk to Coach Sirianni about the win in Detroit and about some other ideas, just some big picture concepts with this football team. We begin the podcast with an interview with the new Eagles number one tight end, and it certainly it bears some watching at the position. It's a position that's really taken a lot of turns in the last couple of weeks here. With Ertz being traded, the whole complexion of the tight end position changes. It means that Dallas Goddard is the number one guy. In his fourth year, the second round pick by the Eagles out of South Dakota State in 2018, 
Goddard has responded the last two weeks. Three catches, 70 yards against the Raiders. On Sunday, six catches, 72 yards against the Lions. Goddard's in the final year of his deal. He's ready for the moment. He's excited to be the number one target, and he thinks he fits the bill physically and in every way as the tight end position takes on a new meaning in the NFL. And when you look at the Eagles at tight end, you've got, wow, I mean, Goddard in his fourth year. You've got Jack Stoll, an undrafted rookie from Nebraska. The Eagles promoted Richard Rodgers, the veteran from the practice squad for Sunday's game in Detroit, could continue to do that. Or they can get Tyree Jackson ready to go. The former Buffalo, University of Buffalo quarterback has been practicing the last two weeks. Really impressive as he made the transition to tight end. In training camp, he was terrific. Is he ready to go against the Chargers on Sunday? We'll find out. But right now, it's all about Dallas Clayton Goddard and an exclusive one-on-one interview right here on the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Joining me here on the Eagles Insider Podcast, Eagles tight end Dallas Goddard. Dallas, um, you know, it's crazy. I look and I see you're in your fourth year with the Philadelphia Eagles, and it just seems like it's gone really fast in one sense, and it's taken forever in another sense. How's it feel to you? Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's, it's hard to believe that I'm in my fourth year. Uh, like you said, it flies by. I mean, shoot, looking at thinking that we're playing week eight already this year. You know, the weeks just keep coming and coming. And, you know, but uh, been blessed to be here for the four years and really excited to keep moving forward. If you knew then what you know now, what would be different about the way maybe you approached your career early, early on? Yeah, um, there's just a lot. I think being in the NFL, coming to it, there's just so much detail, so many uh, different little things that you have to learn um, that each year the game just gets simpler and simpler, slower and slower. So I, I wish I had the knowledge that I have now, you know, back in the first year, but I think that's just something that you have to develop over the four years and just continue to grow. How significant was the jump from South Dakota State to the NFL, looking back with some perspective? Um, you know, the level of competition was definitely less. So coming here, um, being able to beat, you know, NFL starting safeties and linebackers corners on a regular basis, you know, that's something that, you know, took a little bit of time. But, you know, at South Dakota State, we did have a pretty uh, tough offense. You know, we had a lot of checks. We had uh, route adjustments and stuff. So uh, some of the stuff correlated. Um, but like I said, you know, there's there's a lot to know in the NFL, and uh, I've learned a lot. All right, so you're the number one tight end here. Zach is – in Arizona. Uh, A, the relationship you had with Zach, I know you've talked about it before, but as you put it into perspective, what was it like and how beneficial was it for you? And then B, how does it feel to be the guy? Yeah, uh, having Zach here for the first three and a half years of my career was, you know, a big blessing for me. Being able to work with him, compete with him, watch him every day, uh, the things he did on the field, uh, the way he ran his routes, um, I was able to take a lot from what he did on the field and add it to my game. So, um, and then just in the meeting room, you know, he, he was an extremely smart guy. He helped me learn things. Uh, so I'll be forever grateful for Zach. Um, but like you said, you know, uh, he's not here anymore. And, you know, I've been waiting to be the guy you know everybody wants that for themselves and you know it's exciting uh i got a great group of tight ends that i get to be with compete with learn from teach every day so you know we got a good group in there now and you know it's just it's fun knowing that i'm gonna get the majority of the plays on sundays dallas i know that you as you said you wanted to be the guy i know you think you're one of the best tight ends in the league which the numbers certainly say you are so during those times those years with zach how did you kind of like rein in 
the aggressiveness and the want and the, if you will, selfishness of being that? And what did you learn about yourself during that time? Yeah, you know, when I first got here, um, obviously Zach was coming off a tremendous year, the Super Bowl and uh, Pro Bowl and whatnot, and he came here and, uh, shoot, my first year he broke the catch record for uh, NFL tight ends or whatever. Um, so, you know, I knew I, I kind of knew my role, um, and I was going to do whatever I could when I got on the field um, to show the coaches that I belong on the field. And you know, my first couple of years, that was more as a blocking tight end. You know, and I, I just embraced my role, and you know, just did everything I could to stay on the field, not let the coaches take me off. Um, you come in with a guy of his caliber, um, you just got to kind of have a little bit of. Uh, common sense and know that oh yeah we're not going to bench Zach because you know of you so I just went out there went to work every day and tried to compete and get better each and every day. And, and you, there were ever moments of frustration that you felt? Um, I think you know there was frustrations there was times where I wish I could do this or this but um, you know my ultimate goal is to win games and uh, you know I felt like I was helping the team win games uh, even though I wasn't catching the ball which is one of my favorite things to do um, so you know there wasn't too much frustration you know it's you have an NFL legend like him uh, there's not a lot you can do you are the definition of a big play tight end your touchdown numbers are high your yards after the catch are high your yards per catch are high. Why? What What do you do so well that enables you to A, create room in the red zone, B, catch and run, and then C, get down the field and make catches? Yeah, I think um, it just comes with you know, I, I was blessed to have a body type. I was blessed to be fast, big, and strong. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. I really, uh, when it comes game day, I'm thinking that, you know, I want to catch the ball and I want to run over this safety. Like, th those guys aren't my friends when it's uh, Sunday, you know, and I want to I make them pay because I know any chance they get, they're going to try to hit me hard. Um, but that's just kind of what it is, you know, just, just knowing the game plan, knowing uh, who's going to be covering you, uh, how the defense is going to play in certain scenarios and, you know, just who I have to attack and beat with leverage. You know, Zach, you're a 26-year-old young man. You're asked to play in this very pressure-filled world. You've got a contract situation to look forward to. Um, have you always been a mature guy? Uh, you know, I, I don't think anybody uh, would really say I'm that mature. You know, I, I just like to have fun with it and take it day by day. You know, uh, I get to come and play football. That's something that I've loved doing ever since I was young. And really, I'm just blessed to be able to still play. You know, there's a lot of people that wish they could be in this situation. So I'm just really grateful uh, for the opportunity that I have. And, you know, I just, just focus on today and let tomorrow figure itself out. Now that you're the veteran in the room, what is your leadership style like? What are, what are you teaching Jack and Tyree and these guys what, what what kind of are you a hands-on guy are you a rah-rah guy now that you're in that in that role yeah I'm not really too much of a rah-rah guy besides on Sunday you know I, I I get pretty amped up I love playing the games uh but during the week you know I just I just tell them little tricks that have helped me along the way whether it's something in the run game in the pass game when I I see it's one high you got to do this quicker when it's too high you got to do this so there's a lot of little uh coaching points that I'll try to uh, get to them uh, when we're in the meeting when we're talking about something else or you know it's just kind of I want to teach them by example you know I want to work hard every day I want to show them that you can get better every single day and there's something you can always work on I gotta tell you the tight end position seems like the sexy position in NFL offenses these days you you agree with that 
uh, you know, it's it's a lot better than it was in the past. You know, we got I've I've got a lot of great tight ends that have come up in the last ten years that have really started to change the tight end position, which you know I'm really grateful for. I wouldn't want to be playing in a you know run every play offense, but um, you know it, I I think it is one of the coolest positions on the field. You know, we get to be half of a step in the O-line, half of the step in the receiver. And, you know, it's just kind of best of both worlds. You get a block and have an impact in the run game. And also when you catch the ball, it's always a ton of fun and scoring touchdowns. You know, we all love that. Dallas, yeah. I know you're fired up. Last one for you. So what is your pregame kind of get me fired up routine? Is it music? Is it a prayer? Like, what is your deal? Yeah, really, it's just it's just game day, and I wake up, and, you know, my blood's boiling a little bit hotter, and, you know, I, I don't really listen to much music besides for what people have in the locker room, but I'm, I'm the guy that kind of just sits there, uh, goes around, talks to people, like, tells them, let's go, this is going to be fun, uh, we're going to go and get after it, and, you know, that's just kind of what I do, just go talk to people and feed, feed off of their energy. Dallas Goddard, keep having fun. Thanks so much for joining me on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Thank you. Looking forward to more production from Goddard on Sunday against the Chargers. Now let's visit with head coach Nick Sirianni. Good stuff here. Wide-ranging conversation. The 3-5 and five Eagles making a step forward. A big one uh, in, in Detroit. Uh, just a game they had to win. Kind of get that feeling, right? Go in there. They had to play well. They played very well. They dominated. 44-6. Now Sirianni shrugging that game off as they do win or loss. Looking ahead to the Chargers. We talk about all of that and a whole lot more. Our weekly one-on-one with head coach Nick Sirianni. Eagles coming off a big win in Detroit. Congratulations, coach. Um, like to start with Boston Scott and Jordan Howard, two players who enjoyed very fine summers, good preseasons, good training camps, and then they have to be very patient to wait for their names to be called. And then in Detroit, they deliver. What does that mean to you when that happens? And I just I feel like there's a Nick Sirianni story brewing in this experience, some way or another. You know, I just think that it just you know epitomizes them as pros, right? They were. They they did. They, they had to sit behind, you know, um, Miles. They had to sit behind Kenny and, and wait their turn to to get some meaningful carries. And when they did, they you know, they they had great. They made some great plays and they did a lot of good things in that game. So um, I think that's just going to be a forever story, right? That uh, maybe I don't have a story that that's from my past, but it is going to be a. They're going to be the prime example of what you need to do and how you need to be a pro and how you need to come to work every day and be ready when your number's called and when you do like I mean that what a great example for young guys that are backups right now right uh, to to see you know to see Jordan do what he did or Boston do what he did that you know when they came in hadn't had Jordan hadn't had any carries right comes in and scores gets gets a 12 really good runs really physical runs and scores two touchdowns same with Boston and so uh, obviously really excited about that and and they'll be my they'll be my story moving forward Love it. Do you feel during the course of those previous weeks that you tap them on the shoulder and, and say, hey, guys, you know, we love you. Your time is going to come. Yeah, you know, you just always want to keep them engaged and keep them interested. But again, that's that's something that those guys are no matter what, right? Because they, they know what it is to be a pro. There's no reason. There's no... Um, question why they've been in the league as long as they have been, right? Because they know how to be pros, they know how to work every single day, and they know how to be ready even without reps uh, when their number's called. Okay, so uh, weeks and weeks ago, you heard all you heard questions about the penalties and so many penalties. The last three weeks here, four against Tampa Bay, four against the Raiders, two on Sunday against Detroit. The numbers have come way down in terms of penalties and the pre-snap penalties as well. Why is that happening? I just think you know we're we're trying to grow every day in every every category and and every and every little thing that we're doing and so 
our emphasis was to, you know, to, to make sure that we cut down the penalties. And again, it's not, you know, we have a, we have a system when we talk about it, we talk about it after every practice, you know, the penalties that happen, we, you know, we talk about it in every uh, offense and defense and uh, teams or pardon me, every staff meeting, all, all the coaches together, right? We talk about it every Saturday with the, with around the league. And so we have a, we have a process that we love to follow that, you know, that really emphasizes on how you don't, you shouldn't, you can't beat yourself and the rules. And so again, sometimes that, that takes some time to, to, to show the, your, the, the fruits of your labor, right? That, you know, you put in this work and it's not showing it initially and then it's not showing initially, but you keep putting the work in anyway. And you double down on the things that you believe in. You double down on the process. You double down on that Saturday meeting. You double down on that staff meeting uh, where you're talking about it and you're talking with the players. And, you know, eventually the fruit will show, right? And so that, I think that's what the last three weeks have been has, has been the, a little bit of the fruit of our labors. And, uh, you know, and that we just need to keep working on it and just keep, you know, focusing on the things that we need to get better at. And, and that's, and, you know, just keep focusing on the penalties and the meetings that we have and stick to the process that we have. Sunday in Detroit, it was such a complete win. And I know you made the boxing analogy round eight, but in the big picture, do you look at this game as anything significant or, or you just not think that way going one day to the next here? Uh, again, you know, it's sometimes my, my, my message to the team after uh, in the locker room was sometimes it just takes a good round, right? Sometimes it takes a uh, for you to cut, you know, cut somebody in a round, and for you to come and sit in the corner for, you know, and after a round, and be like and build some confidence. And so, hopefully, that's what that did. Is that you know, you know, I, I'll go to my Rocky analogy. I kind of think about that when he cut Drago in the second round, right? He cut him, and I think Duke, he went to the corner, and Duke said, "You see, you see, he's not a machine; he's a man, right?" We all know that, and we love that right there. Um, but it gave Rocky confidence, and so, and I know. And I, whatever. So, but I, that's how I think. That's what I think about. But it is in, in, in boxing. That's what it is. And that's what it can be in this game. Right. Is that, you know, you have a big round, you have a good round and that should build confidence for you leading into it. But you didn't only have the good round because you just had, it just was by accident. What are the things that um, you did that week to have that good round. Let's duplicate those things and move on from that and practice the way we uh, practice uh, hard, practice physical, and in an attempt to to recreate what we recre uh, we created last week. Players last week, Nick, were really public and um, in the messaging, talking about the messaging that you've provided and talking about the impact it's had on them. I wondered, you know, what does that mean to you? How, how much do you appreciate the fact that they're making public what you're telling them? It's it's certainly having a lasting impression. Sure, I think any message again it's like it's like the penalty thing, right? You want to you want to see the the fruits of your labor, right? You want to keep working putting work in and you want to keep you know, you want to keep whatever your messaging is, you want to keep uh, driving at home again so the roots grow and and so everything can spring up. And so yeah, I mean that's 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 everything. Like that that could be a play, all right? That we talk about, right? That you know a, a, a running play that we talk about with the right landmark, and you just keep going over it over and over and over again. It could be, like I said, it could be the penalties, it could be the messaging. So you know that's always satisfying in coaching, where you um, where you're driving points home, and and it's getting through to your guys. And and all you want, all the only reason.
reason you do that is is to put the guys in the best position to succeed and, and help them succeed. And that's what we're here for as coaches, to support our players and, and to help them succeed in any way we can, whether that, again, that's penalties, whether that's technique, whether that's an individual play, or whether that's in messaging. We are eight games in. You've talked a lot this season about leadership, locker room, how it's all coming together chemistry-wise. As you look at the big picture, what have you seen from the locker room in terms of leadership through the good times, through the tough times? Yeah, I think, you know, that that's the that's the biggest thing is the guys in that locker room and how they lead and how they and how they um, you know, lead the lead the team. Uh, you know, it's, it's their team and 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 it's really important. We got some great veteran leaders here and we got some we got some guys that can, that I think are young guys too that can be leaders. And so, uh really excited about that and because you know that's that's what it takes like to to fight through tough times again it's everybody sticking together well you don't do that unless you have good veteran leadership in the locker room and and there's no doubt we have a lot of good guys in that locker room that have won a lot of football games here in this city um that can lead and um so i'm just excited to have those guys i think that's pretty unique for a first-year coach to have the amount of veteran leadership that we have here and so just excited to have those guys uh, to lead through tough times and to lead through good times we'd like to talk about the running game Nick, and just kind of your thoughts on how you feel about it from a consistency standpoint, from a week-in, week-out standpoint. How do you feel about that group delivering? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you're asking me that after a after a big-time win and a, a big-time rushing performance that was pretty unique. It was pretty awesome to watch. I mean, they just phys- they were just so physical up front. Our guys were just so physical up front, right? And I believe at this point where I think we're fifth in the NFL and, and rushing. And so anytime you're in the top five in category, you feel like, you're like, all right, let's go. This is we can continue to build on this and we can continue to to win with our run game. And it sets up everything else. And so, again, that goes back to that veteran, those veterans that you were talking about. Start, you know, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, right, to have those guys, you know, to have those guys leading the way, you know, that's huge, right? Because you know the leaders of your team got to be the good players too, right? They got to have they have a voice for a reason because they're good players. And so, um, love the fact that we we've gotten the run game going and that that we ran the ball that that way we did yesterday. You know that's going to come into play when the weather starts to change. And you know, I hope it's I hope it's snowing and and. Uh, uh, 30 degrees this week. I know probably not everybody feels the same way I feel, but you know I'd love for it to feel that way with these guys from LA coming up. Um, but uh, no, but you got to be able to do that, especially here in the Northeast um, later in the year. So we're just again try- trying to establish something that's going to be able to last, uh, you know, through the rest of the season and moving forward. This team has shifted gears at tight end midseason. Not a lot of teams do that. Um, Dallas Goddard has responded. Just like when you look at him. What does he do well? What is his skill set, and and how does it fit into what you want from a tight end? I think what's really unique about Dallas is that he's got a he's he's this dynamic pass catcher who can run and change directions and snag the ball out of the air, and is and he's so strong at the top. Like not everybody gets open with strength. Uh, not everybody gets open with speed. Not everybody gets open with quickness, right? He gets open with all three of those things, right? That's a unique thing to have. Um, and then he's just so dangerous with the ball in his hands. Like, he, you get that guy the ball in his hands in the open field, and he, people got to go tackle that guy. I mean, that's like that's a, that's not a that's not an easy thing to go tackle that guy. I mean, it, I mean, I don't. I'm not sure. I don't know the weight. What's the weight difference between Jordan Howard and huh. and Dallas? But to tackle those guys all game, that's going to have to be tough. But um, 
you know, and then where I think what what makes what makes Dallas special is that he's a he's a complete package, right? He's he's also able to to do a lot of things in the run game and not and it's not just like, hey, he can survive in the run game. It's like he can thrive in the run game, right? He can move people in the run game. He can cut off a six technique. He can reach a nine technique, right? He can pull when he needs to pull. He can block one-on-one -on -one when he needs to block. He can slice the defensive end when he needs to slice. He can arc and get a safety and or arc and get a corner and block a D-end or a linebacker. I mean, like, that that's a hard job, like, and, and – you know that he and he's doing it really well, and so really excited the way he's playing and looked for him to continue to develop. Or pardon me, to to continue to take this elevated role in our offense. One final question about Detroit before we move on to the Chargers, real quick. Uh, the defense performance: six sacks. The DeAndre Swift shut down. Hawkinson under control. Raymond no catches. What stood out to you when you watched the tape? Again, I think it all started up front, just like we talked about on offense. Everything started up front with the way the the offensive or the defensive line played, right? And they were able to get pressure uh, when it was five man pressure. They was able they were able to get pressure when it was four man pressure, and they just created havoc. And they were able to stop the run when it was it was the run game. And so you know we showed a clip today of of Josh Sweat. Um, you know they double teamed him, right? They thumped him on the edge. Right with a with a tight end and the tackle was setting and he just pushed through that tackle and the guy the the tight end Hawkinson couldn't get hands on him he just pushed through there and got a big sack on Goff and so you know it was just exciting the way they played up you know that 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 uh the front the, the front four played up front and the, with the way they got pressure again whether it was five man or four man pressure and when you dominate the, when you dominate the line of scrimmage the way that defensive line dominated the line of scrimmage you're gonna you're gonna be pretty successful on. Sunday, the Chargers come to town. The defense has Bosa on the front end and James on the back end. They give you a bunch of looks. What's the challenge against that scheme? Yeah, they, they got some good players over there, and I think I got a lot of respect for Coach Staley. Um, he's a great defensive coordinator. Um, and, you know, the, the challenge in the scheme, again, is they're multiple in things that they do, um, but it's always going to start with their players, right? And we're always going to talk about – their players, they're good players, and there's no doubt. And you know, obviously, I was with, I was in San Diego when um, when it was San Diego, and Bosa was there. I know what kind of pass rusher he can be just from practice, and then obviously all the things he's done in the league. Um, and I wasn't there when Derwin James was there, but I know he's a, he's a lot to handle. He, he's uh, again the way I talked about Dallas with how he can do it in the run game, and the pass game. That's what this guy can do too. He can do it in the run game and the pass game. He's he's a force to. You're gonna have to uh, figure out ways to block him in the run game and and be on your game to get open on him in the pass game. And so again, um, just know we're gonna have our, our our work cut out for us and be able. We're just gonna have to go to work though and 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 uh, go to work every single day, practice hard every single day to get our, put ourselves in position to be able to win this football game on Sunday. Uh, but I, I know we got a challenge here uh, with, the, with the defense that we're playing this week. And then finally, their quarterback, Justin Herbert. Shane, of course, knows him from last year, working with him. How do you evaluate Herbert and, and what he does well? Yeah, you know, uh, Shane obviously knows him well. He knows his strengths. He knows, you know, whatever weaknesses he has. Um, and so, you know, we're going to have to talk, you know, Shane and I know Shane and, and Jonathan have already talked a little bit 
um, about that and, and those things. I, you know, I've made myself available. I wasn't there with Justin, but, you know, I was Keenan's position coach. I was Mike Williams' position coach. Um, so I made myself available to Denard and, and, to, and to Coach Wilson and to, and to Coach Gannon. Um, and, and so because we, we do have some inside information on them. So, um, but, you know, those are good players. Those are really good football players. And so any little, any little information, any, every little extra helps when you're playing against good players. I, you know, I think they've done a good job of getting good players in there. Um, you know, because again, we talked about the guys on defense, and then we talk about Herbert, and we talk about Allen, and we talk about Williams. You know, um, we got to go out there and, and play a good game to be able to win this football game because we know they're talented and we know they're well coached. Should be a great game on Sunday. Coach Nick Sirianni, thanks so much. Our weekly one on one presented by Wawa. Get a win on Sunday. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. And that will do it for this Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Many thanks to Peter Kelly, Julie McLaughlin, and Ray Doyle for their work on this. Thanks to all of you for joining each and every week. We're back with more a little bit later in the week as we focus in on the Chargers and what's happening around the NovaCare Complex. Want to remind you that we love those five-star reviews if you have an opportunity to give it to us. There's a link in the details section of your podcast library. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks for joining me for this Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Everyone have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly, and go birds! E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!